just the fact that they believe that he's the best coach is unbelievably powerful. Then if the fact that he is as well, like that's the buy-in that sometimes coaches, if there's any bit of doubt, they don't get that. Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The Koigig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and after a brief break last week where we decided that we'd uh, hold off on giving you your regular Tuesday content to build up all the excitement for this week, I am back with former Ireland internationals Emma Byrne and of course Captain Karen Duggan who has found herself on the score sheet this weekend and not in Emma's Carol's one which will be coming later in the League of Ireland Women's Team of the Week as well yeah I'm not going to say much about those Team of the Week selections I'm not going to take too much from that they can be uh, who scored this week okay we'll put them in but uh, yeah it was good to get a win um Daily Mount, nice big pitch, lots of weird kind of ups and down hills on it, but um, yeah, on we go. I do think you did say on the podcast a couple of weeks back, and I meant to go back and try and find it, but uh, today got away with me a bit more, that the only time we would see you score this season would be a penalty and that it would be a long time coming. And here we are like a week or two later. Yeah, well, like I also probably said I should have been on penalties years ago and no one believed me, but like, come on. <laughs> no, I was absolutely breaking it, to be honest. I think it was okay if you've scored before that, but when it's, it's kind of like nil all um, and I haven't taken that many, I was a bit nervous. What's your tactic in that moment? Like, what goes through your head? Are you the sort of person who has a process or are you very much just like, I'm just going to point and shoot and hope it goes in? Um... More so just try and calm myself by saying it's a 12-yard pass and if I'm misplacing a 12-yard pass, then I shouldn't be playing at that level. So, just go and do it. Do you try and smash it or place it? Place. Interesting. Did the keeper, <laughs> did the keeper get near it? She, I think she, she guessed the right way, but I think she dived after it hit it. I think you have to guess. Would you say you have to guess uh, to in order to save a penalty? Well, no, not really. No. If you're a good keeper, uh, you should be able to reach the corners in a reaction. Well, not the corners, but you should be able to reach like... Yeah, a, it was pinpoint, come on. Give a good foot. <laughs> like, you should be able to reach uh, like foot distance from the post. So either you're getting beaten by an excellent penalty or you are reacting to it if you know what I mean you're reacting late she had a great game I think that's why I was a bit nervous Um, we probably should have been two or three up in the first half but um, I'll have to ask her if she reacted I was just like please go in please go in please go in I'll send you on a video Emma and you can tell me what you think of it later yeah send it to me give me some tips whether it was a good penalty or a bad goalkeeper I'll let you know (laughs) I'm sure you'll be really honest anyway (laughs) I feel like we've missed a trick now, not by doing like a live replay where I'm I can like commentate through it as it is happening <laughs> and just carrying in the top corner, just squirming, listening to it all. Yeah, I sent it on there. <laughs> uh, Emma, was there ever anyone that you particularly didn't like when you were coming up against them on penalties? Is there any teams that had in the ASE different teams who have either the goalkeeper themselves or the people who are taking the shots have certain tactics to kind of put each other off? 
Um, I didn't like being in goal when Farrah Williams was taking a penalty because she just, she's just quality. She just puts it in the corner and high. She knew my weak points. <laughs> um, but I quite liked penalties when I was playing. I enjoyed the them. pressure is on the taker, not on the keeper. Yeah. And then, um, I, I mean, I didn't find them easy, but it was easy to try and trick players into like just a little drop of the shoulder just as they're going to take it like there's been a few players that have come up to me and said I was going in a direction then I seen you just drop your shoulder and I was like yeah but I was never going that way I was always going to go the opposite way so when people started copping on to what I was doing it became very difficult for me so I saved most of my penalties in the earlier years of my career that's for sure and um, but I really enjoyed it I liked it. And especially if you're confident with them. I think it's weird. It's a mental thing. If you're confident as a keeper in penalties, you're like, you kind of like nearly like mentally mess them up into taking a bad penalty. What is it that you liked about it? Like, was it the the fact of what Karen was saying, that the pressure is probably more on the taker than the goalkeeper or that fact that you kind of know yourself if you do that little drop of the shoulder that you might be able to trick someone into changing their mind about what way they're putting the penalty or is it just the sheer drama of it all? Oh, it's very dramatic, yeah. But um, it's difficult for the penalty taker because if you if you think of all, everything that goes into it, so if you're right-footed as a penalty taker, it's easier for you to get power hitting across your body. So that's the easiest penalty. So if they if the penalty taker opens up their body, they're not going to get as much pace on it. So you've, you've got like the, already as a keeper they have to be extremely good at placing if they're going to go across their body. So you can try and convince them to smash it because it's their easier penalty. Or uh, left footers were very difficult for me. They just seem to be technically better than right footers and able to like whip the ball by opening up their body. So um, there's a lot of mind games that goes into it as well. Yeah. If you've saved a penalty before from them, things like that. Like especially internationally, if you're playing against one of your teammates, yeah, and penalty because they're practicing, aren't they? Week in, week out against you, so you know them. They know you, and um, there's more pressure on them. Do so keepers like, have a dominant side as well that they prefer diving to? Like, if you're right-handed, are you better at diving to your right generally, or does it your feet? Um, I mean, me, no, I quite it didn't really matter. But yeah, there are keepers that prefer if they're right-handed going to their right. I was actually better on my left because I had to work on that more technically than my right. So actually, technically, I was better on my left. But um, no, like I remember we played against Scotland and Kim Little was taking a penalty and I just, I knew her so well. She wouldn't even look at me before she took it. And uh, I saved it. I mean, they, they beat us anyway, so it didn't really matter. But uh, that was my little win. And not too many people saved them from her, so I'd be, I'd be fairly proud of that one. Nah, it was a poor penalty. I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd mentally won that battle before she even took it. <laughs> Sounds like a very classic Emma Byrne response to this as well, which I can, I can totally see with your personality why you'd be the sort of person who would enjoy a penalty shootout. I think it, it makes a lot of sense in my mind. Take from and that what you will. It's the only time we get recognition anyway, isn't it, as goalkeepers? So gotta take it when it comes. This is true, this is true. And in our break, we had some very exciting Champions League results. Arsenal obviously lost one nil. Barcelona, I mean, I think a lot of people thought they were gonna put a lot more past Roma, but they put in a great performance, also a one nil result. 
You also had Chelsea beating Lyon 1-0 and possibly get into that a little bit more when we look at their game against City at the weekend and the kind of hangover from it. But Emma, did you make it to any of the games? Yeah, I was doing the Roma-Barca game and I'm doing their game on Wednesday as well. And then I was watching the other games. Yeah, I, I love Champions League, especially at this level at this point in the competition the quarterfinals you've got Roma in there who is a bit of a shock to be honest that they got there it's their first time in the Champions League but um I've obviously I've seen them play a lot because because Vicky's there so they've they've quite impressed me to be honest they just work really hard I did think it was going to be about four or five though being honest I was texting some of the Barca players I was like just go easy Willie's like they're new they're babies <laughs> let them enjoy it um, but they just defended for their lives, didn't they? And Barca weren't really that clinical either. So, um, and then Arsenal, I thought they were a bit unlucky against Bayern Munich. I'm really interested to see how they do at home because they can either turn the screw and and again, Arsenal could come out on top three, maybe even four nil, or they can go the way they've gone the last couple of years and um, and absolutely pack themselves <laughs> and just not come out of the training room, changing room. So that'll be interesting. And then of course with Chelsea, well, after the game, yes, was it yesterday? Yeah. Was it the end of the weekend? Uh, that's going to be difficult for them. Yeah. I think injuries will definitely be a big thing for Chelsea over the coming days, depending on who manages to get back on time and how much as well, the psychological toll can be handled by Emma Hayes. Although if there is a manager that's good at handling that sort of thing, she probably is the right person to be in there. Um, Coming up next, we have Emma Carroll with her team of the week. And then a little bit after that, we will have full analysis of the weekend's games, which I mean, That title race is heating up very nicely and I'm enjoying it. Uh, And we'll probably have a little bit more of an assessment on those Champions League games as well for the teams where they apply. The Koi Gig podcast on OTB Sports is brought to you by Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Now we are joined by Emma Carroll, who has brought us one of her classic team of the weeks uh, in a weekend that had plenty of competition, plenty of interesting battles on the pitch and interesting words from managers off the pitch as well. So Emma, do you want to run us through who you have picked? Um, We can dive straight into picking it apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big week of uh, big weekend of football. Brosnan and goal. Greenwood, Williamson and Letizia at the back. And then if five-ish in the middle, Hemp, Manum, Hasegawa, Lehman and Pelova. Then Ford and Daly up front. And it's more than goals to get into these teams, Karen. <laughs> I know. There's also a lot more work put into the analysis. To be honest. Um, I love it. A little 3-5-2. Love to see it. Um there was a good few good goals at the weekend, so I think it's fair that you've put in a little bit more in the attack than in the defence. But um, my favourite player at the moment is Hasegawa. I love to see her in there. Um, daily, she's still putting goals away. Probably the first time in a while that Bunny Shaw isn't in it, but that's just because um, the likes of Hemp actually stepped up for City this week. So... Not too many complaints on my side. Um, and obviously great to see Courtney Brosnan in there. Kind of when we look at keepers, we're looking 
did they make a difference in terms of the result and that point blank kind of tip away um, that Brosnan did really that got everything the point in the end. And did she win the foul? Was it a little bit soft? <laughs> well, she she claimed it loud enough that it was listened to. So we'll give her credit for that. I think it was harsh on the attacking player, Emma. I don't know if you're goalkeeping. I hear goalkeeping. I was going to say, for anyone who's listening on podcasts, there's a very imperceptible shaking of Emma's head right now. <laughs> but though, she definitely deserves to be in there. I thought she was absolutely brilliant. She really made a difference for them and uh, she's getting great credit as well. So that's fantastic for us. Uh, it wasn't a foul, absolutely not. Um, she was getting a little bit pinned in, but I mean, I, I think if it was a different referee, she wouldn't have got it personally. She's getting pinned in, but she could get around her. Like she wasn't completely like stopped moving. She hadn't been stopped moving. So for me, it wasn't a foul. But, you know, I'm glad to see the goalkeepers getting the benefit of the doubt. Um, you always bit- get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> That is not true. I feel like the referees get together and have a meeting, right? I honestly think this happens. And in those meetings, they either have, okay, I want you to be quite lenient in the next couple of weeks. I want you to be strict. I want you to give the the goalkeepers the benefit of the doubt. I want you to punish, blah, blah, blah. Because it just seems to be a little trend that goes on. (laughs) But um, no, it wasn't a foul. So I think Leanne Rowe can be um, very, very disappointed in that. Uh, but it doesn't matter because Brosnan was class. She deserves to be in there. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I think her reaction won won the decision really more than anything, which... Yeah, maybe. If it, if it was Ireland, I wouldn't be questioned. I'd be like, well done. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the red tinted glasses no off and the green ones Don't on. see that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it could... I mean, she was impeded a little bit. So there's no like... Be, like Poor Liverpool, poor uh, Beardy had a lot to say about it. He didn't even want to watch it again, did he? Um, but yeah, I thought she was brilliant. And and yeah, I, I like your team. I do like your team. There's, I thought you could, we could pick two team, teams of the week this week because I thought there's been brilliant, brilliant performances. Um, Hasegawa is just class. Although I did like to see her being put under pressure as well a little bit because that is something that she struggles with, the physicality of the game. But she's class. Yeah. I see, um, in the first 10 minutes or so, Aaron Cuthbert kind of just won a little battle with her. And I was like, oh, is this going to set the tone for the game? But then it yeah. just it didn't. <laughs> well, there's only one Aaron Cuthbert, unfortunately, and she can't be everywhere. But yeah, actually, she might have got in there now, in the yeah. team of the week. Um, I really liked, uh, is it Nicolene Sorensen for Everton? Everton? Yeah. The winger, I thought she game. was really good instead of Palova. And, and Megan Campbell got taken off as well. So that kind of showed how she was performing as well exactly, up against her on that yeah. side. Yeah. And I thought the Spanish were brilliant as well. I thought Ona Baje, Lai Alexandri, Lucia Garcia coming off the bench for United. Um, I thought they were brilliant as well. But as I said, could have had two team of the weeks. Yeah, those Lucia Garcia was one of the players that I possibly would have put in. The other one I thought there was a shout in was Kim Little, goal and assist, yeah, dictated everything as she normally does. I thought she was pulling the strings really well in that game. Um, which again, it's a bit like I feel we say that about Kim Little a lot. It's like, oh, she was amazing, but it's just what you expect from her. So <laughs> I not necessarily disagree with anyone that's in there, but a bit like Emma Byrne was saying, you probably could have more than you could have had a very stocked bench at the very least Emma <laughs> very stocked yeah yeah Megan Connolly had a decent enough game for Brighton as well they're struggling and she got an assist so always worth 
mentioning our Irish girls. Worrying that the form that Caitlin Ford is in, though, because, oh my God. <laughs> I was just about to say that. She's just yeah. so good. Every week at the moment, she's like really stepping up with Arsenal missing those those players. That She's just really stepping up. Brilliant performance again. But she also does do this sometimes where she like goes through patches of like quite good form and the consistency isn't always there and the consistency hasn't been there for her with the national team. So as You're right, much Kathleen. As... She's peaked too soon. We're fine. So hopefully this yeah. is her patch and then, yeah, it's going to trail off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Kerr is drifting off as well. It's all fine. Uh, no, but I just, as much as I want her to hit a run of form with Arsenal, I also don't want her to take that confidence into the World Cup. <laughs> it's a very conflicting time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Taking down a peg or two. Yeah. I, I'm sure Katie can give her a few digs in training and hopefully just set her up well for the World Cup. Um, yeah. Emma, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Emil. Now into the nitty gritty of the fixtures that did actually happen over the weekend. I'm going to start with one of the more recent ones as well, just because it was so pivotal to the title race. And I feel like we will spend ages talking on it. So I might as well do it now while we have the time. Man City 2, Chelsea 0. Thoughts, feelings, comments after that game? As a United fan, I'm gutted but it's good to see Chelsea lose a game that they deserve to lose I would say Um, because there's been teams that have played well against them like United who didn't come off on the right side of the result but I thought that City deserved it and I think they were similar enough in terms of stats possession wise but City were peppering their goal a lot more had a lot more shots and they put they had their press up really high, which I love. Um, and they put Berger under a lot of pressure. And she is very liable for a mistake at the moment. And it led to their first goal. But it was credit to the press and for City to have the confidence to go at Chelsea um, using that yeah. tactic. So I think Gareth Taylor got everything right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we were. I was expecting these kind of performances from City at the start of the season. And when when we weren't seeing them, it was just like, oh, they're just, they they lack so much. They lack things in midfield. They lack this. And I'm not sure what Taylor's doing here and there. This is the first game, I would say, all of his tactics came off. Like, for example, Laya Alexandria is not a left-back. She's right-footed. It's between her and Leilu Habi. Who do you play? But what La- Leia does, she comes in, the, both the fullbacks come into midfield to create an overload in midfield, which hasn't worked for them that well, I don't think, this season. But the weekend, I think it worked really well. And I think Alexandri, as a holding midfielder, she can play there as well, um, does really well in there. And, and Chelsea just did not know what to do with it. They just couldn't play out. I mean, they're not great at that anyway. But they they couldn't play out. They couldn't build up. They couldn't play through the midfield because of City and how they're pressing and how they're overloaded in that midfield. And I just think City look like a team that should be at the top of the league. They should be in the Champions League. They are one of the best footballing teams in the league. And I'm really glad to see them play at that level because they should be playing at that level. They should be playing uh, months ago, but they've just taken a while to get there. And, you know, Hembo's 
She's stepped up Hasegao's class. We've already spoken about her. And Angledal, who mm. has been there. It's not as if she's a new player. She's been sitting on that bench. We haven't mentioned her once, I'd say, yet this season, have we? I don't remember mentioning her at all. There's, no. there, you know, you've you only have, started six games this season. Yeah. You can have a good player and you could have them on the bench, but you can bring them on and, you know, give them minutes here and there. She was getting nothing. She was literally mm-hmm. sitting on the bench, four games consecutively sitting on the bench. I mean, that mentally alone is very difficult. And then when she gets her chance, she I think she's she's a really good player. I mean, she's quality for Sweden, so she should never have been sitting on the bench. So she's uh, settling in there very nicely and they just look like they're they're coming together. And then you can talk about Chelsea because what what Karen said was right. We've spoken about Chelsea before. A little bit. They can win dirty, they play that long ball and they just know how to win and get results. But that can only that only lasts a certain amount of time. You have to you have to be able to to exploit weaknesses in the, in the opposition and and they couldn't because they're not they weren't they're not a passing team. They weren't able to pass pass through midfield. They weren't able to find the feet of Lauren James or or get good balls in to care because they were being closed down. So they need to, to have two or three more passes and they just couldn't find them. So yeah, I think it's kind of a coming together of everything. Man City reaching their level and Chelsea just running out of options. Yeah. As we did it does it show how much of an influence Bright has on that style of play that she just does that ping ball over the top so often that we kind of take for granted or was it just that Chelsea were not able to execute it or didn't I think they like they didn't try to execute it as much I think they're exhausted I think it's a really crappy fixture to have in the middle of a Champions League uh, two leg quarter final but I just think it's a mixture of City pressing really really well and being really energetic and just looking like they have way more energy and then Chelsea being at their worst, as in they they don't pass it well through midfield. They so they couldn't find the feet of their big players. And then because of the press, they weren't able to play that ball in behind for Sam Kerr. But I mean the second half was better from them. It definitely was. Um but I just thought that you were way better in the first half. What did you think of the double substitution on 36 minutes? Ingle and Lauren James coming off and Canyard and Charles coming on. It's a brave decision early on in the game, especially with a player like James. I, I was just laughing a lot. I, I just found it really funny because it's just typical Emma Hayes. Like Emma Hayes does not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if she she wants to make that decision, she wants to make those substitutions, she's going to make them and it really doesn't matter who it is. And I think personally... I mean, I wouldn't have taken Lauren James off personally because she's quality and she can like just come up with something amazing. But I think it's because she wasn't able to play in that press. Like she was completely lost. It's not about her not making good decisions on the ball or whatever. It's because she wasn't doing what Emma needed from her to press when that she was um, when they were they didn't have the ball. So again, it's from Lyle Alexandri coming into midfield. Lauren James really didn't know what to do and she was just getting played around the whole time. And you could see her a lot of the time with her hands up, like as if to say, I don't know who I'm supposed to press, blah, blah, blah. It just wasn't working. And I think that's why she was getting taken off because when they were out of possession, she just wasn't working with the team. Um, I mean, they did... Play is that back. experience experience from James or is that Emma Hayes not prepping the team right? 
Um, I think um, James probably needed more information. But the reason why I think Emma would have taken her off is because she'd given that information and that's why she, she might have been a little bit right. That's it. She's not doing the job I've asked her to do. Um, but it was difficult for her. I mean, they were overloaded on that side as well. Um, plus, I thought she, it was a little bit slow moving in the press. I thought her angles of the press were poor. Um, she, she wasn't really, she didn't do anything. They were like literally one player less when they were trying to win the ball back. Um, but I mean, I would have kept her, asked her at halftime what was going on with her. She needed more information, just tried to suss her out a little bit because she does create, you know, chances. She does score goals. But um, it did, I mean, you have to respect Emma for that. She made a decision and she did it and that's it. Um, yeah, and her post-match comments were interesting about it as well. She was specifically asked about James, obviously, because of, you know, the general star that she has around her. And she just said, you know, I'm not I'm not making this about her. I'm not talking about her specifically. It was a tactical change. I took the two of them off and I don't regret my decision. So you kind of have to, again, a very classic Emma Hayes answer to something, not making it about one particular player in her system, kind of making it about the entire team. Yeah, I mean, I think Emma would be more, I think she'd be more concerned about the fact that Chelsea can't play out from the back. They can't build up, you know, they need, I don't know what's going on with Berger's Sloan confidence or whatever, but she needs to be able to build up. They've got Champions League quarterfinal um, and they just struggled a lot. And yeah, I do think they miss Millie Bright, but not in the build up, but for those long balls again. I mean, Ericsson is experienced enough to. She is backline. I don't I just don't think she's been playing well at all this season. No. Um but again, think, like you look at the two goals, there just seemed to be panic in the Chelsea defense. Like there wasn't uh, Angadal's goal, like she should never have that much time to have gotten her head up. I was like she couldn't believe that no one was coming out to her. Mm. I just think if you look at the team, the players themselves, the Chelsea girls, you say about panic, they look panicked from the start. They looked really worried and they looked tired and they just did not look happy. Like for me, it was a little bit uncomfortable actually looking at them. I was like, what's wrong with these lot? But it has been a very, very long season and a very tough game midweek. And they've got another really tough game. It must be very difficult for them. Like, you know, they don't have a massive squad. They don't have amazing players that they can bring off the bench. Not like, you know, City, for example. Um, and I think that's what showed, I think, just pure exhaustion. Like they need a little bit of a rest. They need to get through this game uh, this week and then try to to, to get their, themselves together. I mean, they do have a better run in than, than City and than Arsenal in the league. So maybe that will help yeah, them. If they win their game in hand, there's still two points clear, yeah. isn't it? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so United are on 30 eight points so are City Chelsea are on 37 but they have a game in hand and Arsenal are on 35 yeah 35 so there's like three points between the top four at the moment as it stands um speaking of it's kind of interesting timing for City in the sense that they get to face Chelsea after they've played Leon, and then they get to face Arsenal after a North London derby and the rich or the home leg against Bayern Munich during the week, they probably 
kind of happy enough with that setup for themselves just in terms of everything that's going on um although you can't say arsenal were particularly stressed this weekend <laughs> after a 5-1 win over spurs uh but spurs is only goal coming from uh beth england penalty so it wasn't even from open play I mean, I don't even know how much more there really is to say about this fixture. It just feels... um, I thought, like, someone definitely should have gone to Blackstenius for her goal, but I did just think the off, Yeah, when you start off giving quality that much space, like, and the ball wasn't even meant for her and Spurs just didn't react. Um, It was a really good finish. I think the keeper's positioning was a bit questionable, but um, instead of having a a bounce effect and Spurs stepping up and um, Forge just was straight in for her first of two goals. Um, then even when you thought England got the penalty, maybe they'd start to push, but then Turner gave away a silly, silly penalty in return. So it's like, you get a penalty here, we'll give you one straight back. Um, so it's a so, liability, actually. Turner. Turner. She makes mistakes a lot. Like she just makes poor decisions, doesn't she? Um, I think Spurs are just wanting the season to end, aren't they? Like yeah. they just, just wanted to finish. Yeah, I mean they're probably they're safe, so I they're say- the definition of crawling to the finish line at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean Pulova was good. Um, so that's something to say about Arsenal, but it was just too easy for them to even go OTT on the praise this week. It was just job done, really, wasn't it? Mm. Which is probably what they needed after what was like quite an intriguing matchup against Bayern, and obviously yeah, they now- definitely didn't face the same kind of physicality in this game at all. No. A lot more space, definitely not. And I also don't think they're going to. You know, I had a few people say to me like, "Oh, it's great to see Blackstinius back scoring and Fjord and stuff," and I was like, "Yeah, but against that sort of opposition, you know." Again, I did think Blastinia's finish was very nice considering the angle she was at, but also she never should have had that much space in the first place. Like I was saying in the team of the week, Caitlin Ford is sort of player who does have goals in her, but does tend to have a lot of those common, like not big moment games. So yeah, I don't know. I'll just be interested. I mean, looking at the shots here, Arsenal had 23 shots, 13 on target. And Spurs had five and one on target. So even that alone kind of shows that they maybe should have even gotten a few more of that, considering how much they were peppering the goal. It's pure dominance. (laughs) (laughs) Dominance. I mean, Tottenham have never really challenged Arsenal, being honest, and now they're, they're even less of a, of a, of a danger. They've just seemed to, they just don't compete, which is, what they did do under Skinner when Skinner first took the job, she got them to compete and they became a little bit difficult to, to beat. And now they've lost that edge a little bit. And that's all they had being honest. They brought in a couple of players to try and play the likes of James uh, Turner, uh, Spence, but just then, then they lost that compet a little bit of that competitive edge. And those players they brought in weren't good enough to compensate for that. So Back to the drawing board for them, I think, over the summer. And to complete our top four, then we had Man United running away with it uh, against West Ham. Hayley Seelan, Richie Garcia getting two, and then Hayley Ladd getting one there. Again, it was just a complete performance from them. They didn't look too troubled. 
Eventually. Yeah. yeah. I think Mark Skinner there said there was a few choice words at halftime. Um, I think they probably could have had a penalty in the first half, but Sissoko made sure to give them one in the second. We talked about Turner being a bit of a liability. I know we love Sissoko on this podcast, but <laughs> she is liable to do anything. That's part of the reason why we like her game. Yeah, exactly. She's a <laughs> I mean, even the tackle. The tackle was like, oh no, oh no. I mean, I just even love the tackle, to be honest. I think if I was in goal and she was given away, I, I would be a little bit annoyed, but I don't think that annoyed because it's just so bad <laughs> like what could you do to help this player not much really <laughs> no no you can't she just has that in her and I think you just have to accept it um yeah uh good for Garcia though the tune ball to Garcia for the the second goal was really really good and um, and again in front of a huge crowd in Old Trafford which was great I think it was nearly 28,000 or something again so um oh, yeah, I, I forgot love- to mention that Usain Bolt was at the City game he was, yes, yeah, supporting. Was it Kelly or Hemp's jersey afterwards, apparently? Hemp, I think it was, yeah. yeah. And she Pretty. looked tiny compared know. to him. Did you see the picture? Yeah. <laughs> she looked like, like a little kid compared to him. He's huge. Um, But yeah, back to United, I just think they're looking good as well. And I'm so happy because I really thought they were going to again, like get to that point where they got to a point last season and then kind of let it go because of their inexperience or whatever, but they're not. They're still up there and making it very interesting end of season. Yeah, the United-Arsenal game in a couple of weeks' time is are huge. Yeah, April. April is huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, April's huge. That's the one. I think we'll know really what's happening at the end. Yeah, they have Villa as well, who are obviously in a bit of form too. So, yeah. <laughs> does do you think this how that performance goes further for Garcia, kind of like stamping her place in the team? I think so. I think it should. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Paris does a really good job for them, and I know Mark Skinner likes Paris, and it's difficult because it is between her and Garcia. But then when Garcia comes on, she always does something like like very positive. So I'm sure she's having a conversation probably today about wanting to start. I mean, she has to. She has to go after scoring two goals like that. Um, as well, I think her connection with Baje is, is so good. Like they play so well together as well. Yeah, I think that's what she has over um, Paris. I think Paris obviously has a, maybe a bit more running than her, but I think Garcia is um, a, cl- a cleverer player in terms of her movement, like the amount of space she found herself in for the second goal and even just being in back post for the her second one. Um yeah, I think in a game where okay. United have possession, she's definitely would who'd get the nod manager? for who'd be a manager because Garcia mm-hmm. is actually better coming off the, when she comes off the bench, she is an impact player. And when she well, was the worst she, thing to be known as. I know. And then when she was starting, she I mean, she was okay, but she wasn't like what she's like coming off the bench. So what do you do? <laughs> Just bring her on the 60th minute every week. Tell her, yeah. Goals and an assist and away she goes. Mm. Maybe if it works. Well, you take that. <laughs> goals and an assist every 30 minutes for the rest Wonder, of the Yeah. I would say if you're a player and you actually are getting that sort of return, does it kind of in some way, like if you know yourself, you can't do it when you're starting. But you can't do it as an impact. No player thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> they want to start. 
Um, and then on Friday, we had the Merseyside Derby. Everton won, Liverpool won. We already talked a little bit about Courtney Brosnan's performance, which was very good, especially towards the end. Uh, even if the penalty wasn't really a penalty, she probably did play it up a bit. And if she's doing that for us and it goes our way, we won't be complaining anyways, I don't think. It might be uh, glossed over ever so slightly. Um, but yeah, I don't know with either side necessarily be all that pleased coming out of it. I think Liverpool maybe a little bit, considering what Everton did to them earlier on in the season. I think it was so equal. Like, you <clears throat> I mean, you really couldn't pick them apart. They're the exact, it's like watching the exact same. It was like watching a training game, like your, your club playing a preseason training game. And they're just the same. They were the same. They both had like good chances. I couldn't really see either team. I saw Everton. I, I thought Everton might, might get it towards the end. Um, especially the subs they brought in, like they were bringing Izzy Christensen on, like quality player. And of course, you, you know, you've got Jess Parrott there that, is so good. So yeah, I think both teams would be if they look back at it, they'd be happy enough with the point because um they're very, very equal. Very equal. Yeah. I feel like if I was to pick one, I feel like Everton might be slightly more disappointed because they had so much more possession, but didn't look like Liverpool got a lot more shots off towards I mean when Shanice Van de Sanden came on, mm. that was different. That was a different game altogether. Yeah, Stengel should have scored from one of her breaks there, all right. But equally at the other end, Park had a header that could have gone in as well. Um, both managers came across very disappointed in their interviews. Um, the Everton manager more so because he felt like they can play a little better. I think maybe Matt Beard because they had the disallowed goal. Yeah. Um, I do like as well, though, like that there's a bit of grit in that rivalry now as well. Like they've had some decent battles and that I don't know it's kind of because as Emma was saying it was so even the other night you could almost see the frustration in some of the players being like you know this is Merseyside Derby it's at Goodison you know there's a good decent crowd behind it I just it felt a little bit more gritty maybe than some of the other ones yeah Yeah, I think maybe because it was at Goodison as well I think you know playing in these stadiums it kind of brings that hatred of the derby <laughs> and um and it did feel like that it felt like a proper liverpool everton game to be quite honest um but yeah i mean that's what you want isn't it you want the standard to be higher you want them you don't like everton used to be way better than liverpool and then liverpool became way better than everton and i think it's better like we just we want tottenham to be good we don't want to be beating tottenham 6 7 nil in a derby we want that competitive feel um so it's just great and a great crowd as well which was good to see mm. and then elsewhere the other results were aston villa 5 leicester nil which is unfortunate for leicester cuz they had been on kind of a, a decent enough run with fixtures but aston villa Rachel Daly in particular, just having too much power for them. And then Reading 2, Brighton 2, which, I mean, if Leicester got some sort of a result, might have kind of kept the them afloat a tiny bit in their minds. But uh, it does, they're fairly, they're fairly sunk at the moment. Yeah, and it was battering, but I still feel a bit sorry for Leicester because they, they had as much possession as Villa. They have the capability of doing that but they obviously conceded five goals. So you can't really um, excuse that really if you're 
you're trying to stay up, you need to be so, so mean and, and solid in defence. But Villa are very good. I mean, um, Daly, Daly, Lehman, all very, very good again. Um, and the other yeah, Reading Brighton game, if I was the Brighton manager, I'd be fuming. <laughs> against Reading, against Reading is a team that if you're 2 0 up, you need to like keep the foot on the neck and kill that game off because that's capable. You know, you should be capable of doing that against Reading, the form that they've been in this season. So to let them back in, particularly the first goal, um, good ball over the top by Mukandi, but their line was terrible. Um, so it was way too easy for them to get. And that gave Reading hope. Um, and again, it was good cross for the second goal. Yeah, I have to say, like, credit to Emma Harry's coming on as well and getting those two goals. I mean, I think her first goal, she that was her first touch of the ball. And again, definitely a lot should have been done better by the Brighton defence. But uh, first touch of your ball is never too bad when you're able to score a goal off it. Not bad coming off the bench and scoring two goals. <laughs> yeah. Not bad at all. And I thought you were about to regale us with some tale of some time you had done that or you'd come off the bench and first touch you were like, yeah. Karen's not a come off the bench player. Me? No. I just sit in the stands for five years. <laughs> we need to go. Let's bring Karen on. Said nobody ever. Hey. If you win a penalty, maybe. <laughs> Big man up top. I reckon I could do a job. I actually do. Target man. Hit the bun. See what happens. Any of the players in the league listening to this, watch out. Big player up top. Karen Duggan is coming. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you both very much for all that excellent analysis. We will be back next week because we have a massive weekend. Next weekend, uh, Everton Tottenham will be interesting. Arsenal City in particular will be very interesting. Champions League during the week, so we get to see if Chelsea are able to bounce back away to Villa and plenty more besides. But for now, we shall leave you with this and we hope you enjoy the weekend of football. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.